it in your head. Season two. I love, I love your vibes tonight. Happy Wednesday, friends, and welcome back to Aquarius Behavior, a best friends podcast. I'm your co-host Morgan, and I'm your co-host Samantha. We invite you to hang out with us each Wednesday to take in some chaotic storytelling, a low-key learning, and high-quality high audio. That's the iPod promise. Samantha. Morgan. Welcome to Aquarius season. <gasps> da, 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 da. Do you feel the power inside your body? The force flowing in your veins? Wow. Yeah. Ooh, the power. Strength. The strength. Mm. Wow. My intention is strong in this season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Use it. Vibe. Lean yeah. in. Lean yeah. in. Ooh. Mm, mm. All night, Lean in. every night. <laughs> Lean into that Aquarius behavior. Mm. If you're feeling, you know, I'm going to say innovative. Uh, That's a good word. Yeah. What that could look like is maybe you're looking to change things up. Mm. Maybe you have some new ideas about projects you want to start in your life or just creatively. Um, maybe it's something to do with work and you're like, hey, I need to switch this up. Uh, yo, that's Aquarius behavior right there. It's, it's like, how it. can we be better? How can we move forward? Taking care of our oh bodies and our minds along the way. Yes. Holding hands together as friends. I'm flipping my hair, but you can't see because this is a podcast. <laughs> gorgeous, mm-mm. gorgeous. Well, that. Morgan, uh, what are you uh, sipping <sighs> on over there? What's your bevy of the evening today? Well, today mm. I am caffeinating and hydrating. So I have a Diet Dew, which uh, I don't have soda in my house right now. So... This is a big treat. <laughs> the dew that I brought over. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying this because soda just isn't in my house right now. Mm-hmm. We're not doing It's not that. in season sometimes. No. Yeah, it's I out of that. season mm-hmm. in this part of my life. Um, so this is such a treat. And then, you know, hydrating. Hi. Hi. Hydrating. What you got going over there? Well, I also have a combination situation, but both of mine are in tumbler-like things, so I got my regular water bottle right here. ASMR. Uh, the ice has fully melted because we're recording about three hours after we plan to record because things happen, man. What? We just had ideas, We just okay? had some ideas, man. It's so- the second day of Aquarius season, and we're... Zipping at the speed of light, we have so many ideas right That's now, right. and we're it's just ca- just cashing in on it. It's huge. So all my ice has melted, and I realized that I didn't drink any of my water this afternoon. Look at how full this is. Mm-hmm. I've maybe drank maybe half a cup out of this entire twenty four ounce something, and then I got my ooh who is she, my ooh who is she mm-hmm. uh, tumbler that a good friend made for me, uh, and it's it's a quote from a Jenna Marbles video. That's... Oh, shout out Jenna Ooh, Marbles. Who is she? We uh, love you. And so I've really been doing like big stainless steel tumbler cups mm-hmm. filled full with ice and then like half soda and half like a sparkly drink. But I've lost track of what I kept on dumping in here today because I've gone through a couple different half drinks where like I drink half the Mountain Dew and then dump the rest in my tumbler and then open something new. So my like end result drink right now, 
I don't think I could like specifically tell you like, oh, this is mostly Diet Mountain Dew or oh, this is like fizzy water or Mm -hmm. oh, I topped it up with some extra ice that melted. It's just a lot of hydration happening in this cup. Yeah. Uh, The creativity of that. Also Mm. some major Aquarius behavior right there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Being creative. (laughs) Hey, here's what I've got. Let's make it into this. What's the best version of this this could be? Here it is. I don't know if this is the best version of this drink, but it's certainly a version and I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. She showed up today. Okay. She's doing her job. Okay. So this reminds the description of your drink reminds me of being 23. Go back in the time machine with me. Ah, Okay. All right. You know, being yeah. like 23, mm-hmm. okay. um, maybe 23 to 25, that period of time with going out to the bars, just oh, dancing, dancing, just dancing. Oh, yeah. And it's so your cocktail here in your tumbler sounds like the the mythical bar drink <laughs> of, you know, you're going to take the bar mat at the end of the night and just pour all of that into a shot glass. And there you go. <laughs> If you've ever done that, please, please tell us. Leave a comment on our Instagram or email us. I never have, but like, you know. I'm so glad, though, that I am no longer in those years right now. We are past the documentation period of that time because let me tell you what. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very different version because yours is like, oh, maybe it's a little bit of Celsius that I left overnight. And oh, here's a La Croix that... Uh, I drank a sip of and then forgot about, and so I'm gonna dump that in just there. Just gonna just dump it in there, and if it's on ice, it's fine. <laughs> so it's a much okay. safer game. An, an additional, <laughs> an additional item to this. Now that we're talking about this, um, the other night I made such a good concoction, and I didn't want to finish the whole thing because it was like the end of the night, and I was like. My mid-30s body would, like, need to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, so I didn't want to finish it. So I just popped her in the refrigerator and kept her going the next day. I felt really, I felt like I was on something in that moment. It felt really good. So my New Year's resolution is moving towards things that feel good in a constructive and healthy way. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely an embodiment of, like, well, this drink just needs to keep on being second day drink. Mm -hmm. But this Mm -hmm. is fresh one day one drink yeah it won't be surviving the night anyway mm-hmm. i'm gonna refer to this Tumblr as behavior. mid-30s mocktails oh, oh there it is that's exactly what it is it is okay i need to talk about one other thing morgan please do okay <laughs> So as a woman in my mid-30s um the end of The end of Capricorn season was super hard for me, Mm -hmm. specifically because I discovered that the bread maker that I've had since forever, that was my mother's, that was my grandmother's, had a crack in the bottom of the pan, and so it was no longer usable. And so I had to get a new bread maker. I fully cried about it to Eric that, like, I had to let go of, like, because it's a little circular loaf. And the new bread makers, they make, mm-hmm. like, a normal loaf. And so that was the night where it was second drink Samantha where I was learning my new bread machine and making concoctions and learning about, you know, the dual paddle and how I can just add the things into the pan without mixing them or prepping them or doing anything. It's a whole new world. But I wanted to document just... Mm. 
on the podcast for future Samantha because that bread machine like my mom made me loaves like growing up like this was like you come home from school and it was like the bread maker right Mm -hmm. bread machines going you hear the noise and it's like fresh bread's gonna happen so I shed a tear when I found out that it was broken and it was the end of an it was the end of a bread era so I'm Uh coming into Aquarius season feeling a little bit shaken because mm-hmm. um, it was pretty devastating. And some of you may be like, mm, bread machines, man. I'm like, oh. y'all, I've had this. My mother had this bread machine for a thousand years. It's the well-built kind. The one you have to add extra water to the recipe because she just doesn't quite know what she's doing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so rip to my bread machine. And here's to a new year and new bread for mm-hmm. for all. So... Thanks, guys. As I come into this episode in my vulnerable state. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's the beginning of a new era. Yeah, it really is. Mm. So that's what's been going on with me at the beginning of this Aquarius season. So did you make a loaf in the new bread machine yet? Okay, I did. And Eric and I now call it bread vision because there's a window that you yeah. can look into and watch the yeah, bread do Yeah, and the watch thing. it do oh, it. it's so exciting. Yeah. Um, so we did do a loaf, but I was just mad the whole time because I had to go against all of the ways that I've done bread before, you know? Yeah. Got a system. Got a system. And now it's different. Mm-hmm. There's less care and, you know. really enjoyed the stupid parts of making bread in the stupid bread machine that was a thousand years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I tried it and it was awesome bread. It was way better bread than anything that the bread machine that I've baked in the last three years, at least. Mm-hmm. So, like, part of me is really sad because a lot of it was just, like, the aesthetic and, like, the energy. And, oh, my God, it's so quiet now, you guys. Bread machines are quiet, it turns <laughs> out. Like, they've done something where they figured out the motor. Yeah. Anyway, so it's new bread machine life over here. So I will continue to have bread journeys. Damn. I didn't know that I was going to cry over that bread machine. We shed some tears. Mm-hmm. Eric, I'm just going to miss us out of coming home and hearing it going. Anyway, so those are the raw emotions that I'm coming here with. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for giving and me a space for this. Yeah, you're welcome to be vulnerable in this space. <laughs> well, with that, mm-hmm. I think that's a good segue into what we're going to talk about today. Because we're going to talk about Aquarius season, okay? We're we're entering a new sign. It is a, a change, right? So first things first. Oh, yeah. Let's read from some of our favorite resources. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Number so, one. We have our spiritual AF deck. And let me tell you. Feeling, mm, feeling mm, this cards that are mm, happening. Mm, mm. So um, <clears throat> last week's, last week's, let's just all remember. This one was, if you wouldn't say it to a friend, you shouldn't say it to yourself. Ooh, ooh, mm-hmm. that was a lot for last time. Now, here's this week's. Be a badass love beam today. Be a bad A love beam today. I don't know, man. We might need to just start saying the swear words. And I will them say, all too, I posted this card yeah. on Monday mm-hmm. of this week of this recording mm-hmm. on, on 920. Yeah. Or, excuse me, 120. This is our inspo for the week. In. Yeah. And I didn't bleep out 
anything. So, like, you know, if we just want to move to being an explicit podcast, that's cool with me. I didn't think Samantha can decide. <laughs> wow. New year, new us. New Who year, <laughs> new us. Aquarius season coming in hot. <laughs> so be a badass love beam today. That's really nice. All right. Here's what it says on the back. That's right. Today, it's your job to fill every room you go into with laser beams of love. If you can't do laser beams, then make your heart a bubble machine and fill the room with bubbles. If that doesn't work for you, then you should bring donuts to work. Donuts make almost everyone happy. Go forth with your mission, grasshopper. That's nice. That's a nice time. That's sweet. Morgan, what do you think about that? Just be a love beam. Just be a love beam. I today. like that term. I haven't heard that before. Mm. Just be a love beam. Pew pew. I like that. Yeah. Just also makes me feel large, like a beam. Like take up space. Just spread out. Just spread the love. Like reach out to one another. I like that. Mm. Cute. All right, Aquarius season. Uh, and if you're following us on AquariusBehavior.pod on Instagram, uh, you'll notice that we did post that card on Monday. I was so excited to see it when I opened Instagram. I was like, because <gasps> I don't get to read these until we actually record. And so it's a surprise to me what our little uh, thing is going to be. So Monday inspiration. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's yeah. so cute. So we're going to do that now. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a thing. Spiritual AF dick. On Mondays. And then you get a little sneak peek of the episode. Yeah. Check for out, Wednesday. Check out the Insta. It's just such a nice sneak time. Sneak. Mm. All right, Samantha. Uh, second thing. We're going to our astrology deck. Oh. Our beloved she's, astrology deck. She's so beautiful. She's where we get some of our basic information. There, we've posted pictures of this multiple times on the Instagram. Just go fish through it. This is still one of my favorite things. I got this last year for Christmas. Mm. And it's already starting. It's in good condition, but like I can tell I've opened it a lot and I haven't been very careful with it. She's worn because she's been loved. Yeah. So my edges are starting to just fade a little bit i love the aesthetic though of the box with the gold reflective oh, on yes. the black it's just it's a strong it's a strong presence of a box it's a sexy box mm. it's, it's a sexy it's one a sexy box yeah and i just like their little flashcards. uh they have unique backs that you so you can sort them into you know whatever category they are so there's ones for planets there's ones for asteroids there's one for signs for elements for modalities all all these just quick and easy terms to learn about astrology so i have found it fun there's also like a lot of the moon phases mm -hmm. and we use this deck all the time because it's very cool go buy it the astrology deck by lisa stardust oh uh, is that her is that her name yeah lisa that's stardust. the astrologer's name <gasps> i love that that's yes such a good She's so cool. Um, so yeah, this has just been a fun, fun thing. It's like a game. This is a game. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> I pulled some for you. <clears throat> How do you podcast in the new right. year? So I pulled some for you. Uh, we have the Aquarius sign card. Mm -hmm. And then we have its quality card. 
its element, which is its modality. Okay. okay. The quality. These are going into things that um, I don't know. So we're all going to be low-key learning together. We are. Uh, the element and then its ruling planet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've got four cards. We're just going to learn a little bit about this. All right. uh, this is, again, from the astrology deck created by Lisa Stardust. Lisa Stardust. Thank you, Lisa. All right. This one is the signs. Aquarius. Unique, fun-loving, and independent, an Aquarius will never be easily pinned down. Aquarians love their freedom and can become temperamental if they feel limited. Symbolized by the water bearer, Aquarians are known for their brilliant minds and devotion to humanitarian causes. They are also excellent problem solvers. There are plenty of light bulb moments and flashes of sudden inspiration with this fabulous sign. <gasps> Morgan. What do you think about that? Whoa. <gasps> well, we were just talking about no, that in our like, opening. I, that's the thing. It's oh, like a similar I didn't, thing happening in our life right now. It's just happening in our life right now. And I'm reading this card. And it's like, I didn't read this card before we started recording. And especially mm-hmm. the part where it's like, mm, plenty of light bulb moments and flashes of sudden inspiration. Pew, pew, pew. Innovation. Coming ideas. At you. Growth. How are we going to be better, bigger, badder, and better? Oh, my gosh. And more centered. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Okay. So I do also what I love about this, too. Just unique, independent, and free-spirited. Like, those kinds of things. Um. I love that. Can't be pinned down. I can't be pinned down. <laughs> Those are all things that I identify with. And I think people who know me well will laugh at that because they would probably agree. <laughs> Correct. And isn't it just annoying? <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Okay. Oh. Well, there you go. And all the light bulb moments and flashes of sudden inspiration. Is it ADHD or is it Aquarius behavior? Mm. 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 There's no Mm. way to know. Mm. Mm. That's the question. That's the question. Okay. What's next? Let's talk about the qualities of Aquarius. It's modality. Let's talk about the qualities. Fixed. Mm, It's a fixed sign. But what does that mean? To me. Every time. What does it mean to us, Morgan? Hmm. Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius are defined as having the fixed qualities within the zodiac. Okay, I'm going to pause for a second. That's interesting because two of my signs are Aquarius and Taurus, which means it's two of them are fixed. Yeah, and all of my signs all are of Aquarius your, and, and Scorpio. Scorpio they're so, all fixed. All right, we're just so I'm just like the most stubborn <laughs> of stubborn. Okay, so that's the background for our mm. listeners here. Let's continue. Mm, so Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius are defined as having the fixed qualities within the zodiac. These signs are stubborn and will not give up in a fight. Do not cross a fixed sign. They do not often forget someone who has done them wrong. <laughs> I feel like there just needs to be a little bit more drama in this Sorry, reading. I'm putting I my nightly voice into it. I was not expecting to make it audible Ooh. sound there. That's hilarious. Do not <laughs> Is this card calling us vengeful? A fixed sign. They do not often forget wow. someone who has done them wrong. Rude. 
rude. But also totally accurate. 100%. But it's still <laughs> rude, okay? You can be right and still be wrong at the top of your voice. Rude. <laughs> okay. We're only we're only two-thirds through this card. Uh. We gotta keep going. <clears throat> Cause then there's some there's some nice things then, Morgan, okay? So they're not gonna forget someone who's done them wrong, but they are dedicated and loyal to their loved ones and fiercely protective. They experience some of the deepest and most long-lasting relationships of all time. Fix signs with a strong presence are hard to forget. Well, the last part of that mm. card was cute. I'm feeling depressed and now I need a chocolate. <laughs> it's just when I didn't know that the fixed or excuse me, that the qualities were going to be bullying us, too, because mm. usually it's just the moon bullying yeah. us or, you know, so we learned about our moon sign and our sun sign and mm -hmm. All of those things uh, last season, yeah. like the beginning of this season, I guess. But we never knew about modalities and all of those things fixed. Morgan, you're an Aquarius Scorpio Scorpio. Mm -mm. I'm an Aquarius Libra Taurus. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling bullied by... I'm feeling bullied Did by this. Did you get this. gat? Hmm. I mean, here's how I feel about this card. Yeah, tell me. I feel what I feel about this card and what I know about this card coming at this from a scientific point of view, because I am a scientist. Yeah, I see your white lab coat on. OK, is that I can't say that the things on that card are untrue of my personality. However, I see no proof that the two are actually connected. <laughs> Maybe there's a correlation between my existence and personality in this card. Mm hmm. hmm. It's interesting. It's suspicious. It's suspicious. And it stresses me out. Next card. This is why we do this <laughs> podcast. We're just here to be stressed out by the universe. Lisa Stardust, what are you doing to me? The moon, space, <clears throat> and the ocean. We're just here to be stressed out <clears throat> about giant bodies of substance no mm. this next one is the elements air Ooh, we're air signs you'd think that we were water signs but aquarius is air sign which i love it's confusing right because of this podcast contradictory but mm. whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right gemini libra and aquarians are air signs known for being curious intelligent and very communicative an air sign will talk your ear off sharing their brilliant ideas, and taking you down their many trains of thought. Okay, also Hold it together, rude. Morgan. <laughs> rude. Okay, because we have a podcast, which is just inviting people to listen to us talk. Because we love to talk at people. Remember how we were really excited to talk about Aquarius season starting? I'm feeling attacked. And now we're just being bullied. By this I'm is what always bullied. happens, Morgan. Okay. Unbelievable. <laughs> Un. Be on our own podcast, Ugh. bullied by our own podcast. Ridiculous. Unbelievable. Mm -mm. Remus agrees. Known for being curious, intelligent, and very communicative, an air sign will talk your ear off, sharing their brilliant ideas and taking you down their many trains of thought. They might just text you a novel while also 
get it. Open it. And then I'll keep reading. <laughs> I'm stressed out again and I need another chocolate. <laughs> yeah? I'm ready. Okay. I love doing this podcast with you, Morgan. <laughs> These are the moments with the memories. I identify with this part. They might just text you a novel while also swiping through a dating app and simultaneously posting the perfect selfie on social media. The embodiment of the gift of gab. They have a wide circle of friends and are easy to get along with. You may find them in the fields of communication, television, news, and writing. I didn't read the second half of that sentence, so I was like, mm, oh, you can find them in fields? You can... <laughs> can you Out here it? in the fields. <laughs> just the air signs were just out there in the fields. But then I read the second half of the sentence, which is of mm-hmm. communication, television, news, and writing. <laughs> Outstanding. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, again. The things on this card are not untrue. It's a little spooky Mm -hmm. how close they are to my personality. But again, this is not an astrology podcast, but it likes to pretend to be one sometimes. But I have no scientific proof. And there's no science behind this. It's just vibes, maybe. It's interesting as what it is. Shall we talk about I'm curious. Let me tell you. Air sign. I am curious. I just don't understand how they all can be specifically talking about me (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Why is it all about me all the time? I don't even know Lisa Stardust, but she is like she's up in my into my soul business. Yeah, wow, interesting. Okay, <laughs> continue. The planets, Uranus, Uranus, sometimes called the Great Awakener, brings the drama. It is associated with unexpected change, innovation, discovery, liberation and structural transformation and can cause a lot of upheaval personally, politically, systematically, and generationally. Uranus likes to stir the pot, so expect the unexpected with this planet. Uranus can also add a quirky, trailblazing, freedom-loving vibe to our charts. Uranus changes zodiac signs approximately every seven years. Mm. So that is the planet that is associated with Aquarius. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about this. Yeah. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nor did I. <laughs> Tell me what you've discovered on your travels, because this was this is the part which I'm excited about to learn about the air signs, the modality, the fixed. Mm-hmm. Is it modular? I don't even remember I've been reading out the tiny book of tiny Mm -hmm, and they mm -hmm. always list the body parts and the modality. And it's what are these things? And now we're learning about which planets are assigned to each. I just love it. Yep. We're, we're stepping it up here Mm. this, the, this year, this season trailblazers. So, okay. The interesting thing that I found about Aquarius is that Aquarius, like, okay, every sign has a ruling planet, Mm -hmm. which you know, that planet represents that sign and then determines, you know, what kinds of qualities maybe the person has. And then where that planet is in time and space can maybe have effects on maybe. people. Who knows? Maybe. maybe. Um, but is it maybe just sending on a vibe? Yeah. Mm. So 
What I found interesting about Aquarius, though, is that today its ruling planet is Uranus. Uh, but Aquarius, the sign, actually has two ruling planets. It has a modern one, which is Uranus. Okay. But then it has one from long ago, kind of its original ruling planet, which is Saturn. And this is because uh, we were not able to see Uranus, Neptune, or Pluto with our naked eye. Oh, yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So all of the scientists back in the day were doing a lot of star looking with <clears throat> their naked eye. Yeah. So they could only see the beginning planets. Right. Planets so, closer to you know, we travel back to Babylonian times. Ooh. Okay. Mm. Way long ago. Wow. When we are really seeing the development of astrology for the first time. Um, but we also see, have like seen signs of astrology um, in archaeology and in cave discovery. And scientists and archaeologists have found bones that are carved, which appear to be tracking the moon phases throughout time oh, so we see evidence that's cool isn't that fascinating that's so cool uh leonard nimoy told me that oh bless <laughs> mm, he's my friend yeah, too. <laughs> on ancient mysteries so thank you uh and so you know we can see throughout time that humans have been interested in what's going on in the sky they are trying to make sense of what's happening in the sky when it's something we can't touch we can't use any of our other senses other than just looking at it the and vibes. wondering they were trying to figure out the vibes correct mm -hmm. correct so with new knowledge like astrology like any honestly any field or belief system even uh, it evolves over time. It evolves as humanity gains new knowledge, as humanity, you know, hypothesizes and tests and learns. Uh, things change and evolve, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So today we're going to talk about Aquarius, but we're going to talk about a specific event that has happened in Aquarius season that I learned about. I posted on the 20th about this as well, because this event happened along with the sun moving into Aquarius. Another planet moved into Aquarius as well. It's a little party over there. It is. Tell me everything. Aquarius is hopping. So on January 20th of 2024, the dwarf planet Pluto moved into Aquarius. Oh, a little dwarf planet. Oh, Pluto. Pluto. Pluto, Pluto, Pluto. Mm. So Pluto's mm. also in Aquarius right now. It is, yes, oh. along with the sun. So uh, what I'd like for you to do before I continue and give you just a whole bunch of information, I have four pages of notes here oh God, I love it. because yes. I went, I oh, got I stuck podcast, and I yes. went down a hole. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I was absolutely fascinated. Take me down the hole. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, take me and all of our listeners down the hole with you, Morgan. Oh my gosh. Good Lord. I love so it. So before we do that, yeah. I am going to give you the Pluto card oh, from our card. astrology deck. Yeah. So you can read what uh, Lisa Stardust has to say about Pluto. <laughs> the planets. Pluto. Pluto represents transformation and rebirth 
and will force us to undergo change when necessary. Pluto also represents a challenge or power struggle, the one who never gives up on an argument. This planet forces us to confront our shadow self, our tempers and passions, and come out stronger. Once you engage with this tempestuous planet, you'll never be the same, which isn't a bad thing, as long as you learn to roll with the punches and embrace personal evolution. It takes Pluto 12 to 31 years to change zodiac signs. Tempestuous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Take me to class. Okay. All right. So that's why we're going to talk about Pluto for a little bit because it's kind of a big deal deal. that it's moved into Aquarius because as the card said, it takes 17 to 32 years for it to move through uh, because it's so far away from the sun. It's just so far up out there. 12 to 31. Thank you. 12 to 31. Tight. Because this is an accuracy podcast. We are scientists. Okay. So here's where we're going to start. Okay. We need to go back. We're starting back at the beginning. Way, way far back. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about Pluto in mythology. Okay. Pluto is the Roman god of the dead. I in Greek mythology, he's oftentimes compared to uh, the Greek myth mythical god Hades, who is the god of the underworld. They differ. They are unique. They're not the same culturally or um, characteristically, but their two main purposes are similar, right? We've got god of the dead and the god of the underworld. Okay. Yes, which is kind of their big thing. So that's why a lot of people do compare them. Um, but you know, for all of those of us who grew up on '90s Disney, Hala, you know, kind of think similar to Hades. Two thumbs, way, <laughs> way up. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so Pluto represents destruction, transformation, and also rebirth. Okay, and Pluto, the Roman god, he also was a more positive representation um, of of these qualities. So not only was he the god of death, but he also ruled over wealth and agriculture. Oh, yeah. So it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So with Pluto, you know, Pluto, the god had that duality right that that character opposition where yes he's the god of death but he's also the god of agriculture and we think of agriculture you know we live in minnesota yeah <laughs> known for its agriculture cyclical exactly you know? yeah. and so i think green i think life i think of rebirth i think of springtime snow melting Ooh, <laughs> exactly yes um and so Though, you know, that's kind of what I thought was interesting about Pluto is that there is that duality with the Roman god, right? And also, those are significant traits when you compare them to Hades and how they do differ, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The mythical symbol for Pluto as well is a cornucopia. Really? Yes. 
but so that was like his that's so interesting symbol. because cornucopia <laughs> is more like life and abundance correct and, yep and it's opposite yeah day like in. the god of death okay. but his symbol is a cornucopia okay. which is is he just gas lamping everyone yeah because maybe i'm wondering you know okay. and so the cornucopia is the horn of plenty mm-hmm. represents abundance yeah. so he's got pluto's got a lot going on there he's a complex god <laughs> he has layers like Aren't shrek we, yes onions correct just like shrek okay layers so that is just an overview. I could go on. I went down a rabbit hole and I cut this significantly because there's just not time. And I think we could do just separate special things diving into the mythology of Pluto because it's fascinating. That's but really we need cool. to move on. There's no time. There's no time. Keep there's going. so much more. Okay. <clears throat> so that was Pluto in mythology. Okay. So let's talk about Pluto, the world. In our solar system. Oh, like the planet? Like the, the planet. dwarf planet? Yes. Yes. Demoted planet? <laughs> Not better. Millennial energy. We're just mad about it forever. Oh, my gosh. So I will also say, um, for my research, I had a really fun time scrolling and diving deep into the NASA website, nasa.gov. I also used, oh my gosh, this super fun book that my brother and sister-in-law gave me for Christmas called The Universe. Ooh. Oh, oh. The Mysteries of the Universe um, by DK Publications. It's so fun. Really, I would say like so great for kids. It's just like a paragraph or two on each page, but with lots of pictures and then there's diagrams. So it's just a really quick look at a whole lot of topics, like a wide range of topics yeah. about space in the universe. Um, great starting off point if you know somebody who just wants to learn and kind of do dip, a quick low-key learning. Dip their toe into it. And you know, I also glance at Wikipedia yeah. because I am a millennial. We just got to double check. Because you got it. What does the wiki say? So uh, let's talk about Pluto the world now. Okay. Pluto. You calling it Pluto the world is just like blowing my mind. The world. It just seems like, yes, it's so big, but it's Pluto. Yeah. Yeah. And it it is a world. It's a planet. It's a type of planet. Give me it. Uh, And there's things going on on that planet. It's its own little world. I know nothing about Pluto. Oh, my gosh. I know. I didn't know a ton. I learned so much, which is why I just kept diving because I hyper fixated on this for days and obsessed about it. Well, my ice melted. So, (laughs) you know, yeah, this is why it's all worth it. Get to learn all the things. Okay. Okay, so Pluto is the dwarf planet in our solar system. It was discovered in 1930, and the name was selected by Lowell Observatory, and it was suggested by Venetia Burney Fair of Banstead, England, an 11-year-old girl. No way! Yes, Oh, way. That's, so, that's so cool! Isn't that darling? Aww. So the Aww. rough... Like, quick version of the story, I guess, is she was having breakfast with her grandfather and was talking to him about the latest news. They were eating crumpets. Hold on. Yes. And she just said to him, I think a great name for that planet would be Pluto because that's the Roman god of the dead 
you know, she kind of cited her case, right? And um, turns out her grandfather had connections. He made a phone call. <laughs> he literally he had connections. <laughs> sent a telegram. And literally, like, sent a telegram and was like, hey, um, my granddaughter said this, and I think it's a good idea, and you should actually consider it. Yeah, check this stuff yeah. out. It's, like, mythology and stuff. And so that was the one that ended up being selected by the observatory. Uh, she... It's very cool. Like, definitely go look at her, too. I think we could do an episode or just a segment talking about her specifically. What was her name? Put a pin in that. Yeah. What was her name? (laughs) Her name is Venetia Bernie Fair. I hope I'm pronouncing that all right. I I didn't look up a pronunciation or listen to one. I just learned by reading. No, it's a science podcast. It's fine. Um, So she did die in 2006. But before that, I did find um, like an interview that she did. Uh, before she passed away about her memory of naming Pluto and like the conversation with her grandfather. It's very sweet. Um, She does get recognition from, I believe it's NASA, like gives her some sort of award or something in recognition uh, before she passed recognizing her. It's just, it's it's a cool story. I thought that was sweet. Really (laughs) sweet. I didn't know that. Well, there you go. Pluto making a space <sighs> in my heart. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, Pluto, the planet, does have five moons. So it has five satellites, uh, not satellites in the way we would think about them, like the, you Built. know, it's got the antenna and it's like sending messages. Made of metal. Correct. Launched into space. Correct. I say satellite as in these are just pieces of stuff. It's rock. a moon. It's a moon. It's a moon. Uh, So think of that. Okay. So it's got five of those orbiting around it. Um, They they all have uh, mythical names too, which are fun. We're not going to dive into it. Put a pin in it. One of them is sticks, like the river. So they're all. Oh, it's so metal (laughs) and emo at the same time. Oh, I love it. So they're all related to mythology as well. So hot. Okay. It's cute. Um, There also has only been one mission to Pluto and that was New Horizons in 2015. New Horizons passed by Pluto and was able to photograph Pluto and get the first close-up look that we've ever gotten of the planet. So 2015 was super significant for humanity because huge news in the universe. Huge news in the universe because we got our first look at the super far away planet and knowing what was actually going on there. Cool. So things that we discovered is that Pluto is an icy, jagged planet. There are lots of mountains. There's canyons. There's craters. Um, it appears, too, that there is, like, actual ice there, which could be, it could be water. Ooh. It could be frozen methane. Um, you know, there's some questions Liquid. about... Yeah, what is the liquid that is frozen? But interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, so like that's super intriguing and keeps us guessing. I love feeling like a universe mm. detective when it's like, well, this is this, but we just don't know. And I'm like, yeah, we don't. What is it? How do we figure it out? Hey, Abpod listeners, hope you're feeling groovy. And this episode is bringing a slice of nice to your day. Did you know you could follow AquariusBehavior.pod on Instagram to see weekly episode updates and behind-the-scenes podcast pictures? Yeah, it's true. 
You can also email the show at AquariusBehavior.pod at gmail.com to share your friendship stories or suggest a segment. Stay hydrated, buddies. Now on with the show. Well, so much of science is just, it's hypothesizing, right? Like Mm -hmm. we literally have theoretical physicists and their job is just to imagine. (laughs) They're literally just like imagination machines. I mean, let's be honest, okay? (laughs) It's just their job is to just imagine possibilities. They're just imagining magical things that could exist in the universe or maybe don't. We don't have proof, but let's look for it until we know it doesn't exist. That's wild to me, okay? I love that outlook. (laughs) It's just, let's look for it until we can prove it doesn't exist. Yes, that's that's literally what it is. That's so cool. Which is great. And so in Pluto, I think, so Pluto's fascinating to me just because it's so new. We've known about Pluto for less than a century. Yeah, less than 100 years. Okay, we're in 2024 now. So in seven years, we will celebrate the 100th anniversary. 100th. It's not a birthday. It's an anniversary. It's an anniversary. Maybe it's like the 100th anniversary of adoption yeah. for Pluto. Like we discovered it and we named it and we called it ours in our solar system. It became ours. It came into the family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's wild to me. So, like, keeping that in mind, this is so new still. We have no idea. And we're also hypothesizing on a lot of Pluto's history because we couldn't. No one was tracking Pluto. We couldn't see it just by looking at the night sky. Because it has you a need huge, a telescope. It has a huge elliptical. It does. It's too far away. It's it's, it's like so far so away. So huge. So, so it only big. comes close every once in a while. And so that's why every, what, 12 to 31 years. Mm-hmm. And so now it moved into the Zodiac. Yeah. I just have a lot of complicated feelings about Pluto as someone who, you know, experienced its demotion during my school years mm. and the big hubbub, the hubbub of it being, not, nay, not a planet. But a large, what is it, astral post-Neptunian object or something mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. Well, trigger warning. Oh, no. That's our next topic. We're going to talk about Pluto's demotion. Oh, my gosh, Morgan. <laughs> Get because, out. yes, as a child of the 90s, I want some answers. I, I want to know why this happened. I just need to understand. How this happened, I just need to understand. And let me tell you, I found this fascinating. Because... It messes up my how I remember the planets because mm-hmm. it was like my very ambitious pizza. And now I couldn't end it on pizza. Nothing. So I just need answers. Bye. I didn't know that I'd come here to the pod lounge today and really get these questions, get down to the bottom of this Pluto situation. Yeah, let's get down to it. Okay, I'm ready. So since 1930... Pluto was classified as the ninth planet in our solar system. In 2006, however, Pluto was declassified or reclassified, I should say. (laughs) Declassified. That means it's a spy. (laughs) That's complete falsehood. That is absolute rubbish. Um, (laughs) Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm way too silly today. Y'all don't listen to me. (laughs) Don't listen to me. So, okay. So Pluto was reclassified Mm -hmm. to a dwarf planet. Okay. So why did this happen? In order to understand, we need to to rewind. Okay. Go back. Go back. 
think. All right. So, because this is where the research took me. Okay, so we're in 2006. We need to go all the way back to 1951. No. Okay? Nuh-uh. So this is 21 years after the discovery of Pluto. We know of its existence. Someone has found it in a telescope and confirmed that this is actually orbiting. It's orbiting the sun, not something else. It's not a moon. It is a planet. Okay? So in 1951, there was a Dutch astronomer named Gerard Kuiper. And Gerard Kuiper was telling everybody, he's hypothesizing and he's telling everybody, hey, there's something past Neptune. Like we know of Neptune. We've discovered Pluto. Like there's stuff out there. And he's telling everybody there is some cold, untamed, wild space trash caught in orbit around the sun and it's past Neptune. Okay. As we said before, I'm on the edge of my seat. Okay. As we said before, science is just, it's a lot of theoretical ideas. Okay. And that's what Gerard Kuiper said was, I don't have proof of this, but like it all adds up. Okay. Neptune, Uranus, now this Pluto fella. They're all icy. (laughs) They're gassy, but not in a hot, weird way like Jupiter. Something's going on out there. Something's going on. Now it's 1992. Big time jump. Okay. All right. We went from like before cell phones to like internet age. Yeah. All right. So 1992. Surprise. A ring of icy space trash is discovered past Neptune. No way. He was right. Oh, my God. God, Gerard was right. Gerard. Wow. So thinking those thoughts, (laughs) hypothesizing. So this ring, okay, we this was discovered by David Jewett and Jane Liu. Okay. And this happened when they found a minor planet called Albion. So they found this other planet. That's cool. And then realized, oh my gosh, this is a part of just like a vast ring around the outer rim of our solar system and it's just filled with these space objects that are all just floating around okay like gravitational band yeah and they named this the kuiper belt cool kuiper belt that's so cool so what is the kuiper belt cool name you might ask yes i do i am i am ask so The Kuiper Belt is similar to the asteroid belt that sits between Mars and Jupiter, okay? We're not going to get into that now. We could do a whole episode on that. (sighs) Put a pin in it, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, But basically, the Kuiper Belt is filled with icy objects like asteroids, other dwarf planets, and it is believed by scientists to be leftover bits from when our solar system formed. So that's the current theory. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Is oh. that that those are all kind of just leftover bits. Okay. Um, it's also theorized 
that Neptune's moons or some of Neptune's moons may have originated from the Kuiper Belt and been objects that were in the Kuiper Belt and then got sucked into Neptune's orbit and then eventually formed her assertive larger gravity masses yeah. of uh. the moons. So <laughs> moon space in the ocean. It's so cool. All right. So obviously there's still not a lot known mm-hmm. about the Kuiper Belt. Yeah. Okay. So again, mm-hmm. our timeline, mm-hmm. we've known about Pluto for less than a hundred years. We've known about the Kuiper Belt since 1992, which means this is now going to be the 22nd anniversary. No, 32nd anniversary. There it was. I didn't even <laughs> question you because <laughs> math. Uh, 32nd anniversary. I being a young the the young woman that I am, I always thought the Kuiper Belt was a thing. I didn't realize that it was a fresh discovery. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was just always in my astronomy college classes, not astrology, but astronomy college classes. I did not know that it was like a baby of the 90s. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Baby of the 90s. Yep. Kuiper Belt. <laughs> and we have only been through the Kuiper Belt once. And th- and it's remotely. Okay. New Horizons was not a manned mission. Mm-hmm. It's a satellite. It just went out there. It's a yeah. little shuttle. It's got cameras. and <laughs> They had like literally no one's on it. one shot <laughs> to get the shot. Yes. It's like flybys. It's just <laughs> continuous flyball. It's just like that Eminem what, song. <laughs> what year was that... Uh, Oh yes. But do you like? Do you remember how many years okay. I had to go? Please, New Horizons. Pull this from your um, brain. Okay, I want to say that New Horizons was like late seventies. Okay, and so will you fact check me, and then we can check back in later because I don't have that in my notes. Okay, but I'm curious. I just love seeing how all of this lines up because Mm. I'm also so interested in like the space race and all of those different types of moving parts and then how they manned and didn't man satellites and sent Mm -hmm. them out. And they're like, well, this is going to get here in 87 years. So good luck, everyone. So (laughs) hold on. luck and go for it. Okay, while you're looking that up, I'm going to give you a little bit of background. So why did I just go through all of this history? Because... It's important. It's it's important to me. It's important to you. It's important to all of us to understand the series of events that led to the reclassification of Pluto. Okay, so what happened then after 1992 when we discovered the Kuiper Belt? Okay, it didn't necessarily diminish the discovery of the planet Albion, um, but what it did was just open up the possibility for more planets to be discovered. Because now we know that this whole belt is here and there's just these random objects floating around from space. What is it? And so now we have so many more professional and amateur astrologers who are just searching the night sky, searching the Kuiper Belt for things that maybe resemble Pluto or Albion or some of the other large masses that have been found. Could they discover a new planet? So that's what was happening. And this was just happening so frequently and there were so many discoveries um, that we were discovering also so many objects that were very similar in size and characteristics to Pluto. So it was starting to pile up and like, oh my gosh, is Uh our solar system not Nine planets? Is it actually 10 planets? Is it actually 36, 17, 36? You know, like, where do we draw the line? Mm -hmm. So in 2006, 
this is when the International Astronomic Union steps in. Okay? This is a thing. The IAU, International Astronomical Union. This union is a non-government regulated independent union. Okay? It was founded in 1919 and currently there are 85 nations participating and like tens of thousands of members. All right. So what they do is basically work together on a worldwide level, uh, not connected to any individual national branches of government in order to help define things that are going on off of our planet. That makes sense. Yeah. Huge. Okay. Um, Also, as kind of... um, I think sort of like a a motion of peace, because, yes, as you talked about the space race, right? Like (laughs) 1919. um, And then we experienced the Cold War later in the 20th century, kind of mid range. Um, 80s. Yep. Oh, man. 60s of actually discovering planets like so this is all coming in. And um, 1919 is just a significant time as we're just like. We in America are in the Industrial Revolution. There's a lot of discoveries. There's a lot of new technology allowing us to explore the sky. The Titanic Big sunk things. seven years before then, which is also important <sighs> to, to our podcast. Yep. Just in general. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot happening in that time period. So the IAU steps in in 2006. And after deliberation this was an agonizing process um they finally come up with an official definition of what a planet is okay this is for the first time in human history yeah 2006 gotta draw the line yeah this and this baffles me that we go through like we can track astrology to ancient times and yet we in 2006 for the first time as the human race established a definition for a planet when we've been discovering them for forever for eons it's wild to me now we have crazy now we have the magnification and they're all starting to be the same size exactly okay where do we draw the line tell me about it so there is the iau they established three criteria for a planet okay okay number one uh, the object is in orbit around the sun. All right. This makes sense because if the object's orbiting around something else, it's a satellite. Okay. It's a moon. Yep. 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 Makes okay. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, second thing, it has sufficient mass to assume hydrostatic equilibrium, a nearly round shape. Okay. So they're saying gravity has, it has to be big enough for gravity to do its thing. It Mm -hmm. can't just be a little nugget. It has to be big enough for gravity to be acting on it in a way where it's clumping itself together in a somewhat spherical object like the other planets. Correct. In our solar system. Yep. As opposed to like an asteroid. Exactly. So this is one of the things if we're comparing, let's say, um, two objects in the sky and we determine one is an asteroid and one still could possibly be a planet, this could be one of the factors determining that, right? Maybe both of these objects, they're independently orbiting around the sun. They're not orbiting around another mass. But maybe one is just really misshapen and the other is a more spherical shape. 
The other one's maybe probably just an asteroid. It's just a hunk of rock. Um, it is not spinning fast enough. It's not big enough itself to actually create a round shape, right? And and it says nearly, that's important, a nearly round shape. Nearly. Because most planets aren't actually like fully round. They're slightly elliptical shaped, right? Sense. The Earth is. And gravity, like how the moon moves the tides and the oceans around, it probably has some sort of effect on mm-hmm. when this... The gravity and the stuff. The gravity. And the centrifugal force. It's moon magic. Yeah, it's the moon magic. <laughs> so then the third one is, and I this is a quote, and has cleared the neighborhood, in parentheses, around its orbit. It's picked up the trash. <laughs> it's picked up the trash in its neighborhood. It has amassed all, so like how Saturn did its things and right. cleaned up all of the trash in its quadrant mm-hmm. and created its rings. Yeah. They're saying, and then it has its own satellites, <sighs> like things that are specifically orbiting around them. Mm-hmm. It's like the center of attention. <sighs> right. It's like the Regina George of its area. So I f- like that to me is funny because it's like that is vague. So to me, I think this definition contradicts itself slightly because okay. the point of it is like, hey, we're going to define a planet for the first time. But then this last one is so vague. It doesn't give I would expect there to be a precise measurement like the first two are measurable. Like it has to orbit around the sun. We can prove that or we can prove it wrong. Um, it has to be able to be of the correct mass to assume that it's keeping itself in a nearly perfect circle. Like we can see that, we can observe Mm -hmm. it, we can like accurately hypothesize. What exactly does cleared the neighborhood around its orbit? Like what defines a neighborhood in space? Yeah, is it 100 feet? Or is it one light year? Correct. Is it... So, um, so that yeah, to me is vague. Yeah, yeah, I'm mad about it too. I was a little surprised by that, and like, I get what they mean. Mm. Like for the mass or for its gravitational pull, there's probably some sort of super smart smart math equation that gravity plus this space equals a path this clear with an object this big mm-hmm. going around this many times. But I agree. I'd love to know what that is, is, if there is one. What is the smallest that could be? Or is it a case-by-case basis and they compare it to, like, other planets? That I don't know. I, 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 there wasn't enough time. Well, real quick, because you're talking about 2006 and I just want to say the New Horizons. um, The one that specifically went to fly by Pluto mm-hmm. was launched in 2006. <gasps> oh so my god. It was approved by NASA in 2001 and then on January 19th, 2006, which That's is like Capricorn this time of the year. Wow. Uh yeah, and so that was and then what was the other question that I looked up? Mm, oh, where is the new horizon satellite currently? Are you just are we wondering? Yeah, One, two, I am curious. Three, Eight billion eight hundred and nineteen thousand four excuse me million four hundred forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety kilometers from Earth. Whoa. I'm going to say that again. Eight billion eight hundred nineteen million four hundred forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety kilometers from Earth. 
It's too far, oh man. Oh my, I can't fathom that. It's been that. going. Did it make it to Pluto? Yeah, it did, February 2007. Anyway. Wow, um, I can't just, fathom that. Space is so stinking cool, man. Okay, so I definitely, now thank you for looking that up because I am definitely mixing up uh, New Horizons with Voyager. Oh. And that was like the 70s, 80s. Cool. I don't know. Which is something different that we can talk about in another episode. Could we? Because I know nothing about either of those. And when you said 70s, I was like, yeah, space things were happening in the 70s. They Mm -hmm. were launching things up into space and crossing their fingers. It'd be nice to know more about the space missions. Just Mm -hmm. in general, what do we have? Because I saw when I Googled uh, New Horizons, you can see where it is like a live video feed or something. You can like click and just like... Oh, see where get it out. Is, or like a map of where it is in relation to us. And I'm just like, well, that's that's cool, man. That's just cool. That is so There's cool. There's so much cool information. If you just Google something and then click on it, you guys. Wow. Have you ever tried that? Morgan, have you ever tried that? No, I'm going to watch that, though. <laughs> really that sounds fascinating. Yeah. So please educate us on the space missions in the future oh i'm going to and that's absolutely going to be some of our content this year so toy. buckle up buddies uh, okay so now i've given you a history of pluto okay okay yeah. we know who pluto is yeah we know what pluto is we know a little bit about her him whoever now let's talk about Pluto in astrology okay, okay we got to bring this all together let's connect all of these pieces yeah so Will you please read the Pluto card from our astrology deck? Yes. So we have our, the planets Pluto. Pluto represents transformation and rebirth and will force us to undergo change when necessary. Pluto also represents a challenge or power struggle. The one who never gives up on an argument. This planet forces us to confront our shadow self, our tempers and passions, and come out stronger. Once you engage with this tempestuous planet, you'll never be the same, which isn't a bad thing, as long as you learn to roll with the punches and embrace personal evolution. It takes Pluto 12 to 31 years to change zodiac signs. Thank you for the review. So I'm reading that again because That's incredibly significant to, again, just understand how long it takes Pluto to get places. Okay? We could be... She's slow. She's She's got a lot of distance to travel. She's slow. Okay? Uh, Pluto's orbit, it's to take a full orbit around the sun, takes 248 years. No. Years. Okay? So last time that the Pluto was where it was was 248 years ago. Yep. I just need to do some math really quick. I'll be right back. Yeah. Oh, no. I can tell you already. Oh, I'm so it. interested. Tell me. Uh, so because we're going to talk about that. So okay. Pluto is known as a generational planet because of how slow its orbit is um, and just how long it takes because it's so far away from the sun. <laughs> it has a very big path. A wide path, if you will. Mm-hmm. So it takes 248 years. As we learned from our Pluto card, it could be in a zodiac sign for 31 years. Okay. So that means Pluto is going to be in the relatively same space in the sky uh, for a generation. Okay. These are long bits of our life. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. 
So let's rewind, okay? Around 200-ish years ago, the last time that Pluto passed through Aquarius was in 1798. Oh! Oh, what was happening in the world in 1798? Well, let me tell you. Oh, hell yeah, Morgan, tell me! A few significant things that were happening in 1798. It was right before the Regency era. John Adams was the president of the United States, which, by the way, was just a baby country. It was going to, in in 1798, it would celebrate its 21st anniversary (laughs) of independence. (laughs) No! Yay! This is about, this is the part about the podcast that I love and that it melts my brain is talking about in the length of time Pluto wasn't even discovered the last time that it was in Aquarius and Correct. also it was Correct. 1798 you said Yep 1798 Dumb I love it keep yep. going Um so 1798 was the end of its orbit okay. was the last year before it moved into Capricorn That makes so, okay. sense Okay so like th- so yeah this was the, the last 1790s, time it was there so like the end of the 1700s mm-hmm. for 12 to 31 years before 1798 it was hanging out in Aquarius Pluto was in Aquarius uh. Yep some other things that were happening. Sure. I'm starting with the U.S. because we're based in the U.S. So, like, I kind of like to base off of where we are. Um, so other things that were happening in the U.S. The U.S. in 1798 signed the Treaty of Madrid just three years prior. OK, so we're just three years in to our treaty, just establishing where the U.S. territory was and where Spanish territory is um, in the you know, continent. Yeah. So we're sharing our land. We're now a country. We're just playing nicely with our neighbors. We're doing crafts together and exactly. drawing maps. <laughs> so that has now recently happened, wow. just three years prior. Um, also this year, the U.S. passes the 11th Amendment. So we're we're just in the 11th Amendment there to our Constitution Um, and the 11th Amendment. So the U.S. is growing at this point. Right. And so we have a few more states. I think maybe we're up to like 17, 15 or 17 states. Um, And so at this point, the 11th Amendment is saying, hey, we are now allowing citizens to uh, basically. trying to think of my word (laughs) take your time i got all night girl i'm just i'm over here just processing so yeah so the 11th amendment basically says like hey you can sue someone across state lines and so prior to the 11th amendment most of government just was handled within your own state. So if a crime was committed against you and you were over your state line of where you live, you were not allowed to pursue charges. Stop it. That's so... Okay. And so the 11th Amendment was huge, basically saying like, hey, yes, we're going to have these independent states, but we're still going to govern ourselves nationally. So this was like just a really big year for the United States of, again, just like our growth and development and and figuring out who we were going to be because, you know, we're a new country and we're different. We're not like a regular country. We're a cool country. We're fresh. Uh. 
That's how I imagine like baby US. We're, just, uh, we're so we're cool. Here in our diapers and trying out this whole democracy <laughs> thing. Okay, so that's the US, right? We were having a time in 1798. But Pluto was in Aquarius pretty much the entire time that America was being founded. And Absolutely. All it was. Of the, okay, cool. Yeah. So tight. But let me talk Gross. about some other things happening Tell in the world what that else? you may recognize. Let's go global. Okay. So in 1798, this is also the year of the Irish Rebellion of 1798. Oh, the one of 1798. Okay. Yes. So Ireland revolted. They went hard and fast at British troops in Ireland. And they're like, we're sick of this. Okay. Didn't work out well. There are about 30,000 casualties due to this revolution. It only lasted about five months. Okay. It was very quick. And Ireland lost. Subsequently, they are still a part of the UK today. Sure are. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that sucked. Whoa. And was a big deal. (gasps) Something else that happened, though, yeah, uh, 1798 was the last year of the French Revolutionary War. Okay, so <laughs> during 1798, okay, I'm so hot for the French Revolutionary War, Morgan. How did you know? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. So in. everybody, to all of our you know Broadway nerds, just think Les Mis. Yep, it's Les like, Mis. It's Les Mis. That's the time we're in. I dreamed a dream. During Les Mis, mm-hmm. Pluto is an Aquarius. That's why there's so much <gasps> death and destruction it's and so, rebirth and it's so whatever. Sad. That's why it's so sad. It's horrible. So it's Pluto is. Uh, it may, all makes sense. Okay, just destroys me. So that's all happening. Okay, so Napoleon Bonaparte is just like trolloping along he's just out there running around with pluto and aquarius like la 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 okay he's invading egypt this year too there's big battle over there he's i'm napoleon writing saucy spicy letters to our love have you read those before no oh (laughs) a pin i put a pin in it oh my napoleon swathy he was super in love with his lady, and oh, oh my, he wrote some smut to her. <laughs> I wonder how he feels about that <laughs> being published after his death. I wouldn't want anyone to read that. Maybe Pluto being an Aquarius just really helped mm. him out. It gave him that extra spicy energy. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so that's just a quick summary, Dude. a glimpse at what was happening the last time that Pluto was an Aquarius. And... Pluto did peek into Aquarius in 2023, just like so briefly touched into Aquarius, but then immediately retrograded into Capricorn. That was when we had a bunch of retro. It was like five planets yes. in retrograde. And, and you were just Pluto like, Pluto was mm. one. And also Pluto, because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you're stressed about this planet. Did you know that there's also five others that are also in retrograde? And Correct. then I had an existential crisis. Dude, history is so cool. Space is so cool. Like, humanity's, like, yearning for knowledge and, mm-hmm. and like, yeah. the little ways that humans can be touched by space, like the little girl who named Pluto. Like, it just just has, mm. space just has something for everyone, doesn't it? It's just something for everyone. Yeah, it's just something for yeah. everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, now with Pluto going direct in Aquarius, it's going to be doing that. It's going to be on that path. Until 2044. 
is when it will move into Pisces. 20 years. So for the next 20 years, Pluto is going to occupy our sun sign. Did this just happen two days ago? Yep. All right. Sure did. Dumb. All right. Yep. The Mm -hmm. sun and Pluto moved in together. (laughs) Hot. Yeah. So, (laughs) So here's just some interesting tidbits right here's let's discuss again astrology and what this means and what the connections are so pluto the planet this is what we've learned today it's the planet of transformation death rebirth okay um so the end of things but also the beginning of something new creation all right and that's renewal. And it's moved into Aquarius, which is an independent sign. It's focused on uh, problem solving. It's focused on all of the, as the card said, light bulb moments, right? Pew, pew, pew. Yes, this is a motivated sign. It's a sign that welcomes uh, evolution and change. Like Aquarius is constantly changing. It's an air sign. It's just wispy and moving all over the place okay so fascinating to me (laughs) pluto being in aquarius and just hanging with this sign right now because um aquarius is known to be innovative right and pluto welcomes that rebirth and so it's kind of interesting to think like oh wow the next 20 years and like what's that going to be like in crucial time you know especially us like we're in our 30s right now and so 20 years that's going to put us in our 50s and so like we're kind of going from like our quarter life crisis to our midlife crisis yes i it's look like, forward to scheduling that with you that sounds great <laughs> if we're talking right about it schedule, in like, everyone yeah if we're talking about it in like human um uh lifetime qualifying life generational mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know i think i would put it into like those kinds of terms And, you know, like that's the length of time, essentially, that Pluto will be in any sign. So, um, you know, what does that mean for me? Interesting. I'm curious to find out. Yeah. I'm curious to find out. And, uh, you know, Uranus, which is the ruling planet of Aquarius. So it's kind of like, hey, because Aquarius has this ruling planet of Uranus. Uranus and Pluto aren't next to each other. Uranus is in Aries right now. So they're not like they're close ish, but they're not next to each other by mm-hmm. any means. Um, Over in Aries. <laughs> but Aquarius, you know, the the idea is that that constellation, that area, that um, time period of Aquarius, it's it's taking in the energy and absorbing the energy of the planet Uranus. <clears throat> And so with Uranus, again, as we learned today, this is a trailblazing sign. It's a freedom-loving vibe. Um, So this one, we've got trailblazing, rebirth, innovation. So it could be hypothesized that the next 20 years, that's a time for growth and building and change. And like the space in the sky is just kind of swirling around some vibes that give an atmosphere that's inviting to innovation. I love it. Bring and it. so, oh, love it. That's interesting. And so here's here's just kind of, you know, my wrap up of this. I don't have evidence that tells me that anything in space 
is controlling my behaviors or characteristics. I have absolutely Anything no proof of this. that's actually happening in I, our No scientific proof. No. None whatsoever. Um, there's also a part of my brain, though, that just through observation has noticed that as for me, as a person living in a body on the planet Earth, my mood, my just senses how my body feels can vary based on where I am and what is around me, you know, in a room, am I out in public, am I at home? Your environment. Things in my environment have an effect on how I feel, how I think, what my processes are. And aren't we all just in the universe? Yeah. Isn't that just our extra big environment? Exactly. So like, that's just a question I'm going to leave with everybody is, hey, Notice just how you feel in your day when you change environments. So, you know, again, I have no evidence, none whatsoever, that these planets or these astrological events are actually causing an effect in my life. Any correlation whatsoever. But I do see that correlation of like, that's interesting that like this also happens to be happening around this time. Hmm. noticing noticing i wonder and like Hmm. it does make sense to me that well just things are in different places in space like pluto is somewhere it wasn't before i just Just don't like in my vicinity yeah i just don't like that it hasn't been there for a while and now it's back so and the last time it was there there were completely different things happening on planet earth so how could there not just be in general a different vibe is that causing wars? No, I have no evidence that that is a cause of a war. But I'm just saying that the planet is in a different space. Particles have moved. It's just stop and think about it, okay? Energy it's blowing my mind and I can't go down this rabbit hole because we need to wrap this up. Um, but in general, I hope everybody thought this was as fascinating as I did. I learned a lot. And I could talk about Pluto for a very long time. (laughs) One thing that I know is when these episodes feel like they fly by because you just keep on throwing fact after fact after fact at me that just makes me question my existence and my very grip on reality sometimes. Thank you for bringing this Pluto content. This was really cool. All of those different like the modality and the air sign and how they all play together in the sandbox of the universe is so interesting to notice. Thanks for bringing that to the pod lounge. So let's wrap this up. It's been great. Next week, we have some fun stuff happening. Oh my gosh. Do you want to tell them about those things? Yeah, let's talk about that yeah, quick. Just so, for a hottie. <clears throat> some of you may have noticed we're still in season two. It's still season that two. <gasps> is on purpose. It is, for that sure. Is intentional. Yeah, editing okay? Samantha knows what she's doing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That is intentional. So um, season three is officially going to start the first week of February. And we have a lot of surprises to share mm-hmm. in next week's episode. Yes, we do. So we are going to present a special type of podcast chronicles, which is what we normally do on the fifth Wednesday of the month when there is one of those sporadically. And so next week, we are going to do a little review of 2023 and also share some of our plans for 2024, which include social media, 
Patreon mm-hmm. and a new book nook series debut update. Woo, it's going to be so fun. Ugh. Super excited. Yeah. I'm so excited to share because we've been planning this for a, a long time. And a lot of people probably showed up today for Book Nook and they're like, wow, it's the fourth Wednesday of the month. And, and do we're it. not yelling about the Regency era. Oh my God. Barely. So uh-huh. don't worry, kids. It's coming. Yeah. We've been pew pew. We've been just light bulb moment after light bulb moment. Mm-hmm. Programming update next time. Yeah. If you were disappointed this wasn't a Book Nook, I hope that you did enjoy learning about Pluto. I hope that was a small consolation. It's okay to still be disappointed, but I hope that was a part of you was pleased with that. I don't think that they'll be disappointed for long, Morgan. <laughs> I don't think they'll be disappointed for long. Uh, well, everyone have a lovely week. Enjoy the waxing moon energy happening. I hope you're feeling like a little energized and just cashing in on all of this like good productive time. Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Love and abundance, friends. Bye.